Welcome to episode number 53 of the Grab Blogger podcast. This is the podcast where helping academics change the world through online business. We're helping you, the listener, by giving you the tools, the tips, the strategies, and the stories you need to build an online business and change the world and also change your life as well. This episode, we're talking about aligning your research, your business, and your life. And to do that, we have on the call Cheryl Lau from Cheryl, C-H-E-R-Y-L, Lau, L-A-U, dot com. Cheryl, welcome to the Grab Blogger podcast. Really excited to have you here. Chris, thank you so much for having me. I'm really, really excited to be here. Awesome. So those of you that maybe feel like you recognize Cheryl's name, it's because we had her back on episode 42, or at least her question back on episode 42, about fear of sharing her work online and some of the content creation efforts that she's doing, some questions she had there. Um, Cheryl and I have been talking behind the scenes about her journey since then, and it's really been inspiring to me. The, the tact at which she thought about where her career was going, thought about where her online business was going, thought about what she wanted in her life, actually found, found it quite refreshing through those discussions. I knew it was something that we really need to, to talk and get out to the podcast listeners. So I wanted to shoot a couple episodes here. Um, in this episode, we're going to talk about aligning both your research direction, your business, and your life. And Cheryl's actually created a successful online business. She's had a couple switches in her career direction. We talked on offline about things like support and expectations of her family and, and much more. So we're going to go through this all and her story and what she's learned and what she can share with us and with you, the listener, over the next two episodes. So Cheryl, maybe a great place to, to jump in is just how did you get started online and what is your what is your backstory in academia? All right. So thank you so much for that introduction, Chris. Um, a bit about me to start with is, so right now I am an early stage researcher and I'm based in Hong Kong and I currently work in the social work department of a university here in Hong Kong. And outside of my nine to five job, I am an online personal branding strategist. So that is my um, side hustle business. And right now I help early stage researchers develop a personal brand that essentially lets them become known as an emergent thought leader so that they can confidently and they apply to graduate school programs or jobs and ultimately create really value-packed content and contribute to their fields. And how I got into the online business space or the online space in general, well, I guess my venture into the online space started with my own major career pivot. And that involved dropping out of law school a few years ago when I saw that, when I realized that law school was just not the right career fit for me. And that's when I saw firsthand how discouraging and stressful it can feel to start over your career journey. However, I, at that time, I was, I, I gave myself a year to really become experimental and to try new things. And throughout the process, throughout that journey, I, um, I, I started the process of building my personal brand, which actually helped me to both directly and indirectly attract new opportunities, both academically and in business. So for example, I guess more specifically in the, the business space, I started pushing myself to show up online to share my thoughts and ideas and experiences. And this actually led to building an audience on social media who took interest in what I had to say. And eventually I was able to work with some of those audience members in a professional capacity. And this eventually became a business. That's probably the genesis of the things we're going to talk about in this episode, but I want to pull out some of the threads and also share the some of the magnitude. So all the way back, you mentioned that you went to law school in Hong Kong. You actually did a degree before that here in Canada, in Toronto. Is that correct? That is correct, yes. Yeah, to kind of lay the story. So you did, was it your undergraduate degree here? 
Right. So I did my undergrad in the University of Toronto. I did it in psychology. And I pretty much grew up in Toronto. But then right after I graduated from University of Toronto, I went straight into law school with a scholarship because back then my mindset was very different. I I was really tunnel vision on getting the, the highest GPA possible. I really cared about doing the most practical and prestigious thing I could in terms of career. And I really cared about what people think. So back then when I had the opportunity to go to law school, I jumped on it. And I didn't really give much thought into what my strengths and interests were. And that's when, you know, I went to law school. And a year later, after starting law school, I realized, oh, I I don't think this is the right career fit for me. I Because the studying part was fine. I really enjoyed studying the law, but the issue was when I was doing my internships, I realized I don't really enjoy being here. I don't really enjoy the corporate space, the looking at piles and piles of paperwork of contracts. And that's when I realized, oh, this may not actually be the career path for me. And that's kind of when I hit a quarter life crisis, you could say. Yeah, I mean, it seems like a pretty big one too. You, you were here in Canada, you did a degree, you went to law school on the other side of the world, which you're, you're still in Hong Kong now. Uh, and it's, and then you f- felt it wasn't for you. Was there some pushback from maybe people groups or your family or anything when you, you kind of made that decision that law school might not be the best spot for you? Oh, 100%. Um, so for me, my parents, I think they were they were very against the decision to leave law school because they they saw it in, in their opinion they felt that it was a sign of quitting. Um, but for me, when I looked at when I looked at the pros and cons of pers- continuing this degree, the cons really outweigh the pros because even if I had finished this degree, the end result I wouldn't end up in the law the legal space anyways and so for me the 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 pros and cons just did not match up and the pros did not await the cons of finishing the degree and I think this was a very difficult conversation to have with my family because they were the ones who were really excited for me when I got into law school and they, they were really proud and they they were really excited to to see their daughter going into a profession that was you know known as practical and prestigious but the difficult conversation had to happen because I just I, I knew that my strengths and my talents did not lie in the legal space. Um, and so it was a very difficult conversation to have. And, you know, in and, and the end, they they were accepting, but they were not necessarily supportive. But I think fast forward to today, 2020, they're seeing the, the amount of progress and the things that I've done in the past few years since leaving law school. And I think they're they're very relieved to see what has come about since leaving law school. But in the moment, it was very difficult. And I also was so worried about what my peers would think because people were moving ahead in their careers. They were still in law school. Other people were pursuing other graduate degrees or other career paths. And it is, at the time, it seemed like, wow, I am really taking a few steps back and everyone else is moving forward. And I dealt with a lot of imposter syndrome, a lot of self-doubt, a lot of, hmm, I guess, just a lot of, yeah, self-doubt is the, the, the key word here. And I just felt like, wow, like, I had got I had gotten my way here to law school and now I'm leaving. So what am I doing with my life? And those were thoughts that really consumed me at the time. But now in hindsight, I'm really grateful for the opportunity to make that decision to leave law school because now I feel like I am definitely realigning my interests and passion with my career. Yeah, I love that. And I earmarked here kind of family understanding and peers understanding to ask later, but you sort of you sort of said it to there. The question was gonna be 
what do you feel now or how do they feel now? And and talking about, about my experience, I left full-time employment, uh, sort of my corporate role and I was on the corporate ladder there. And yeah, my family didn't understand either. <laughs> um, and today even, you know, I have a, I have a family now and I'm running my own lawn on the business and I'm not sure they still quite get it, but they're more accepting, but you still do get strange questions like, like this, this podcast or the safety science podcast, you know, family be like, well, I hope you're getting paid for it. It's like, well, well, no, but I run a business that pays me a salary and keeps a team of people employed. Um, and it's, 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 it's just a different mindset that most people aren't used to. And what I find refreshing about your story is the self, and we'll, we'll probably talk about this a lot more, but the self-evaluation and the critical thought that went into what kind of life do I want? And is that business I'm building, we'll, we'll get into the business that you built, supporting that? And is my research life supporting? Is it my academic life supporting it? And the courage to say no, or the, the courage when the answer is no, to actually take action about it. I, I found that really refreshing in your story. So how, I guess I'll ask the question, do you still get the same kind of, uh, same kind of strange questions or what's that look like today? Well, I think now, now that my career and life direction has taken a completely different turn, they have definitely made efforts to understand the business side of things, but I think it's still a very strange concept to them. Um, the idea of social media and personal branding and starting an online business is still a very foreign concept to them. So I wouldn't say that they necessarily understand what I'm doing, but they do know that I am running a business online and that it's going quite well and I'm having fun. Yeah, you mentioned a couple of keywords early on about your online business. So today you're an online brand strategist, you're helping people create an online identity so that they can use that to either build their own businesses or so they can use that to to build the career or life that they want. Um, you mentioned a couple of key words when you got started about you started creating content, putting yourself online and and found an audience or an audience found you, whichever way you want to look at it, um, took interest and you're able to build a business from that. Um, sort of rewinding back to that time, how do you decide which area to start in? Because I'm sure there's some of the audience that are here today going, well, I'd like to do something online, but I have no clue where to start. How did you make that decision? I think like many people who started, my original intention wasn't necessarily to monetize anything because I was, at that time, I was just a fresh grad who, who literally just dropped out of law school and I felt so overwhelmed with self-doubt. So at the time, I felt like I didn't have anything to offer. And so my original intention was really just to learn new skills and try to enjoy the process. And I, at the time, I really didn't have any expectations of monetizing, but I really wanted to see whether it was possible to make an impact online and maybe eventually even an income. And for me, my current coaching business model, um, I honestly stumbled upon the world of online coaching kind of by accident. And initially, I was quite skeptical of what that would look like for me and whether it would be the right business fit or the right service I could provide for other people. Because I had a lot of assumptions about coaching beforehand, and I didn't really know what coaching was. I thought you needed certain qualifications and certifications in order to be a coach. I didn't know that you could do it online. I thought it had to happen only offline. And I didn't really know that coaching is all about providing a personalized support for your client to help them develop a skill or achieve certain goals that they may have in, I guess, any given area. Um, but I guess... During that time when I thought, okay, I should do something, I want to do something online, I didn't know what that was, I decided to 
I guess, adopt the mindset of just trying new things and gain as much experience as possible because I, at the time, I felt like I was starting from scratch in my career. So there's a lot to learn. And I started to just Google more about what coaching looked like because I had saw other people becoming coaches in a number of areas, whether it was nutrition coaching, health coaching, business coaching, marketing coaching, life coaching, mindset coaching. There's so many different areas of coaching and I was quite intrigued by it. Coach coaching. (laughs) Yeah. And I decided to start just honing my skills and knowledge and eventually maybe even help other people in a certain area. So I guess the first thing I started doing was thinking about what topics am I interested in? And I thought, okay, well, social media and marketing seems really relevant and interesting. But because I didn't really have any skills in social media and marketing, I knew I needed to learn and get results for myself before I could even think about charging someone to work with me. And so I just started learning on my own and observing other people and just implementing the things I was consuming and seeing if I could actually build an audience, become recognized for my content, and eventually sign on paying clients. And the answer was, yes, it, it worked. And that's what I started to do. I started to implement what I was learning online and working with people for free at first, and then eventually taking on clients in a paid capacity. So that's pretty much how I started the business. No, I love it. And there's there's a lot of things I want to pull out there. You mentioned content creation. What kind of content were you creating for that audience? Right. So I think at the time, I definitely didn't know that much about personal branding, marketing, and social media. So I just started with what I knew at the time. And I started talking about my... So the very first few pieces of content I ever put out were kind of based on mindset. I talked about my fear of putting myself on the internet. I talked about my fear of using Instagram stories and the challenges I faced when I was putting myself out there for the first time. So I started with that. And then later on, when I started seeing, oh, people were engaging with me and asking me questions or responding to my Instagram stories or my Instagram posts, I I started producing content about that. I started producing content about how can you create content that gets engagement? And then I just, I kept on building that from there. So every time I started say, so for example, maybe I was starting at steps one, two, and three, I'll just create content on steps one, two, and three. And then later on, when I started seeing that steps one, and two, and three were doing pretty well, I will start experimenting with steps four and five and then create content on steps four and five as well. And just kind of building and stacking on top of each other. Yeah. It's kind of like, you're really talking about your journey, right? The content you're creating is the journey that you're going through. Exactly. Exactly. Was there any... F- fear there i mean you mentioned self-doubt, self-doubt earlier in your story and now you're now you're doing instagram stories and stuff so was it nerve-wracking um creating that content and sharing with the world honestly yes because i think a lot of people in the early stages of their career or their journey in general we oftentimes feel like but who are we to even show up on social media. What do what do I have to say? What do I have to offer? Who would listen to what I have to say? And I think that was a big fear that honestly kept me stuck for a couple of months. Because honestly, Chris, I first discovered, for example, I discovered your podcast, I believe, October of 2018. And that's when I dropped out of law school. And at that time, I went online and I saw a lot of content creators who really inspired me. And that's when I yeah, that's when I first discovered your podcast and work. And I thought at that time, I don't think I could do this. And for a few months, for two or three months, I was kind of in analysis paralysis where I was really inspired by other people, other content creators online who were doing really cool things, but I didn't really think I could do it. But 
I, because I felt like I had nothing to lose. And I mean, the question I asked myself was, what was the worst that could happen if I put myself out there? And what was the best that could happen if I put myself out there? And so when I asked myself that question, I realized I didn't really have that much to lose. And if anything, have a lot of potential to gain from showing up online. And so I started, I, I made myself a commitment to at least start using Instagram stories that was the app, the social media platform I was most active on and still am most active on. And I challenged myself to show up every single day on Instagram stories and to just talk to the camera, try to just share my thoughts and articulate my, my thoughts as clearly and concisely as possible. And honestly, if you look back at the first few Instagram stories I posted and compare it to the ones I shared today, they are worlds apart. The confidence and the communication skills and the flow, everything is just so different. And it's really fun to just watch back on the, your first pieces of content and feel really proud of how far you've come. Oh, yeah. I remember I wanted to get better at video um, and I'd never done any video online, but we had the the Grabblogger Connect Facebook group. I remember and, that. Yeah. It's like my son was, uh, my, my wife is was pregnant at the time and I was launching my business, but I made a commitment every Friday, I'm going to go live in there and talk about something instructional for, for building an online business. I think I did it for like 30 or 40 weeks um, from various places. I was traveling a lot then trying to grow my business as well. So I was shooting from, from Boston and shooting from Chicago and, but it's, it is nerve wracking at first, but I mean, by the time you do five or six of those, you're, you're probably better than 99% of people. <laughs> that is so true. That is so true. But I pulled it a couple. So I love this content because people are always asking, you know, how do I start? What kind of content should I create? And some things I pulled out from what you've said is one, start, start with what you know. I mean, that's the easiest thing. <laughs> start with the, the, the stuff that's in your head. And, and for you, that was around mindset. For me, that was the, the dust exposing textbooks I was studying and pulling information from blogging your journey or whatever form that takes today. It could be video blogging. It could be written blogging. It could be stories. It could be podcasts. Uh, we talked about, you know, thinking about what's the worst that can happen, the best that can happen. And also these challenges. And I think the challenge is a good one. If you can challenge yourself to people don't do this anymore, I don't think, but I challenge myself to write one article a day for my blog when I get started. I haven't heard of anyone doing that for a couple of years now because blogging's been a little bit of a slower medium, but maybe that's something people still do. But any other hints for for content creation and just those first steps of finding your audience and and engaging with them? Yeah, so I think in terms of um, building an audience and content creation, I think for me, the biggest suggestion or the biggest advice I've received when it comes to relationship building and creating content is to really focus on giving value. And I, I know giving value is a term that we hear time and time again, especially in the online space. But I really, I really believe that giving value is a mindset that we should adopt when it comes to being online. Because at, if we're trying to build, say, a personal brand or a business, it's, not, it's no longer about the vanity metrics. It's no longer about the number of likes you get on any piece of content, but it's about sharing so that other people eventually will see, will not only benefit from it, but eventually the right people, eventually the right people will see how much your work and working with you can benefit their lives or their goals. And so I believe that when it, if someone is trying to build a business, they should focus on giving value first and foremost and building relationships and then focus on monetizing. Um, and I think when it comes to building your business or brand, a few things that comes to mind is number one, your reputation. Number two, the relationship you have with others. And number three, the quality of your work slash content. And I think that content is an incredible and really 
fast way to build authority, especially if you are building a personal brand-based business as opposed to, say, an e-commerce business. And I think that if you are building a personal brand-based business or, or a business that's based around your knowledge and expertise, I think that you you really need to make sure that you're not just talking to talk, but also walking the walk. And I think, so just start putting yourself out there and start testing things and testing the concepts that you're sharing and start getting actual results. Because for example, for me as a fresh graduate, I didn't really, I felt like I didn't have a lot of skills or insights to share, but just by putting myself out there and sharing that my ideas and experiences while at the same time learning and developing my skills and putting things into practice and working with people for free. That's how I was able to build the, the know, like, and trust of my audience and eventually start a business that was able to take on paying clients month after month. Yeah. I love that. And so maybe we'll jump into that part. So you, you mentioned that you really learned while you were doing, mm-hmm. then you, you mentioned briefly, and maybe we should dig into this a bit more that you, you did some free work with clients. Um, then you moved into pay work. So can you just walk through that journey? What were the, the first steps to, to getting started and growing that as a, as a business? Okay, so I think the first step for anyone who wants to start an online business, especially one that is based around your own a service-based business, I should say. So for anyone who is thinking of starting a service-based business, I think the first and foremost is to really think about, okay, what is a what is a key problem that you want to help solve for other people? And number two is, are people willing to pay for that? Eventually, because if you want to start a business, ideally, you would get paid for that service. So the first thing is, what is the problem you can solve? And number two, who is a specific target audience who is willing to pay for that service? And number three, I guess, just to add on, is is this something that you enjoy doing? So once you figure out those three elements, which I guess you could say comprises your niche, then I would say start actually implementing and start getting results for people. And what I mean by that is, so for example, when I first started my branding slash marketing business, I didn't have any experience or results or social proof per se. So what I did was I asked people online if who, because at, at first I was putting out content and I was building an audience. And so I would reach out to a few of the audience members who I was already engaging with and ask them, hey, in a few months time, I really want to put out, I really want to launch a paid service for this um, this coaching program, but right now I really lack the social proof and the experience. Would you be willing to work with me for free so that I can help you achieve this goal and this goal and that goal in return for your feedback and a testimonial at the end? And I worked with a couple of people that way. I got a few, I guess you could call them beta test clients that way. And through that, I worked with them for a couple of weeks and I was able to help them get results to build an audience and create a personal branding strategy and content strategy. And actually, a few of them actually got paid clients that way as well through our free work together. And that's when I knew what I was doing is something that I could monetize. And so I guess just to sum up what I just said, is to number one, figure out what is your niche or what is that problem that you want to help people solve? And who is that specific target audience that you want to work with and help solve that problem for and number two or three is to actually just do it just work with people for free get those testimonials get that feedback refine your skill hone it on your craft and then eventually launch your paid services yeah i love it and i was thinking about your your original breakdown which um you know what is a problem you can solve and will people pay for it and, and do you enjoy it and that venn diagram trying to find the middle another way to look at that is is can you get somebody an actual result worth paying for um so 
you know, can you help them find new clients? So that's obviously, a, you know, if you're going to get a $500 a month client, well, you'd probably pay up to $500 a month, you know, pay up to $500 to do that. So just being able to get results for people is important. But the, the question is, do you feel confident today that you can get results? And if you don't, then getting results for free is a great way to go. If you already, I mean, if you've done this for 10 years and you know that that you're an engineer and you design bridges or something, like if you if you design successful bridges and can already get the result, then you probably don't, well, you probably shouldn't be designing bridges for free. That's probably just a bad <laughs> idea. But, but uh, may not have been a great analogy there. But if you can't, if you don't feel like you can get those results, then you can run as a, as a beta, as a test and get those results for people and work through. And I'd say an important part of that, and maybe you found this as well, is while you're doing that, don't forget to document the systems and strategies you're creating, the tools that you're using, and come up with that bucket of assets that you can use as your tools moving forward in your business. So it's good to help somebody along for free, but don't do willy-nilly. Like write down what's happening, write down what's working, write down the questions they have, and also start thinking about, okay, how can I turn this, and I'm not saying turn it into a system so you can sell it as a, a course system, but how do you how do you take it from to stuff you're doing to actual intellectual property that you have and is structured a way that you can use it i think it's an important thing to to look at as well and you probably did you find that with your your free work that you were okay well this this three-step process helps to do xyz or this set of questions help to uncover the client's needs in this area were there some things that you pulled out like that that helped Oh, for sure. And I think, yeah, I totally agree with the part where you mentioned documenting the entire process, because I think that not only does that serve as a another way of showing social proof, but I think documenting your journey is also a way, great way to overcome your own imposter syndrome. Because for me, at the beginning, I felt like, who am I to even work with people for free on this in this area? And I, I the imposter syndrome was real. I, I really felt like, even if I was doing this for free, I, I I don't think I can get people results. But by documenting every step of the way and actually just doing the work and working with people for free, that's when I realized that, wow, I actually know a lot more than someone else. And just because I'm at steps, just because I'm at stage, say, number four, stage five, doesn't mean that I can't help someone who's at stage one, two, or three. And as I agree, and honing on my knowledge and my skill sets, I can I can move forward in the stages or the levels I'm at and help people who are just a few steps behind me. And I think just by documenting your journey and just by just start getting results for yourself and for other people, that's a great way to overcome any imposter syndrome you have about starting a business. Hundred percent. I think that's a great way to to look at it. In terms of your your business, so this was after you you uh, left law school around October two thousand eighteen. How did it go? Did you once you started bringing on paid clients, were you able to to run a successful business there? And maybe what did success look like for you at that time? Yeah. So after I left law school, I was pretty much confused and unemployed and not in school for a few months. But at, as soon as I left law school, I of course I had a bit of the um, the self doubt and that period of time where I just was felt very uncomfortable and very insecure, but I knew I had to get out of snap out of that as soon as I can. So I started, not only did I start applying for jobs, but I also started dabbling in the online space and I was Googling everything. I was looking on career websites. I was looking at, I was pretty much just in diving into as much 
learning as I could about everything. I mean, and that's that's exactly when I discovered your podcast. Um, and at the same time, I was also consuming a lot of business podcasts because I thought, well, maybe that's something interesting to learn. I didn't really have any business experience or marketing experience. This could be really interesting. So the time after I left law school, I started looking for research jobs because I knew that, well, eventually I would probably like to go into research because, you know, back when I was in university and even back in high school, I knew that I wanted to eventually become an educator of some sort and a knowledge, a disseminator of knowledge, but I didn't really know what that looked like or meant because a fun fact was that back in high school, I joked that I would one day have my own theory and that's how my Instagram handle came to be. Cheryl theory came from that joke because back in high school, I thought, well, one day I'll have my own theory, but it was just a joke at the time. And then um, another I guess fun fact was that I really thought I had an interest in becoming a textbook publisher or I really wanted to help create or edit a textbook at some point in my life. So those were some early signs I had about me becoming a researcher or at least an educator of some sorts. So in January of 2019, I signed on, um, I I started working in a research role as a full-time researcher, research assistant. And that was really great. I I really enjoyed my role so much that it convinced me, it confirmed my interest in pursuing a PhD program later on. And at the same time, I, because I was having such a big interest in the online space, I started at the same time, in addition to my nine to five research job, I also started running my own online business at the time. But in terms of for any of the listeners who might be currently in a nine to five or currently in graduate school or currently in a uh, professional or career commitment who are also thinking about starting an online business, I think in terms of balancing your your offline commitments with your online goals, I think one of the key advices that I've learned is to just focus on the one or two things that will drive the most results for your business. And for me, that included showing up on social media every single day. And that was a non-negotiable for my business because, because I was in a nine to five and time was definitely a very precious resource. I knew that I couldn't do everything I wanted to do. And so I knew that I needed to prioritize the business. I needed to prioritize my time as strategically as possible. So I Listed, I figured out the key non-negotiables in my business that I could work on every single day. And for me, that really in that that centered around Instagram because a lot of my Instagram followers became my clients, or a few of them became my clients, and most of my audience members were on Instagram. And so for me, the non-negotiable was showing up on Instagram stories every single day and posting as much value as I could on Instagram. And eventually I was able to start building an email list and things like that. But when I was just starting out, I really just doubled down on the one thing that was giving me the most results. And for me, that was Instagram. Yeah, it makes sense. It's like Pareto's principle, right? You get uh, 80% of your results from 20% of the, the work that you do. So what is that stuff that is getting you the most bang for your buck, so to say? I think that's really it's really critical, especially if you're trying to do it, you know, alongside a full time job or alongside your graduate degree. On the flip side, I would say if you're not, you find yourself doing nothing, then then do something. <laughs> don't don't use it as a crutch not to get started any anywhere because you can't figure out what that best thing is. But as you you feel your your way around and figure that out, definitely look. I mean, I've I've turned off social media several times throughout my my three or four year career now because it just hasn't been the best use of my time at that point and then you know i come back in and and when i'm ready to ramp things up we we start ramping them up again so it's a really interesting process there 
So you mentioned that you started as a research assistant. You're growing your online business um, through January 2019. How did your online business grow then once you started taking paid clients? Well, I think my business, well, first actually I had to rewind a few months before I launched my business. So I launched, I announced my paid coaching program, I believe in early March of 2019. But for the one or two months prior to that, I was only creating content and nurturing an audience and really just building relationships and having a really great time doing it. And I think by nurturing the audience and by creating genuine relationships and just enjoying the whole process and trying to give as much content and value as much as possible so that by the time I launched my services, people were interested and people felt like they knew me and they liked me and they trusted me enough to work with me in a paid capacity. So I think I have to premise any, I guess, success with my business, with the relationship building and the giving value that led up to that um, that point where I was able to take on paying clients. And I guess because I really valued giving value and I really prioritized building relationships, that's really how I felt that my coaching business was able to grow at quite a, a quick speed. Um, Because I was able to sign on new clients every month for the duration that I was running that particular business. And I think that, honestly, running a business has been such a personal development journey. And I think the act of just putting yourself out there and building relationships and showing up on social media and just talking about your thoughts and what's on your mind and documenting your journey, all those key things that you do while running an online business is does wonders for your own confidence in terms of your life and your career and where you're at and really overcoming any self-doubt that you may have. Because I think that the biggest takeaway that I've gotten ever since starting an online business is the amount of confidence and personal growth that I've gone through. And I'm not sure if you can relate to this, Chris, but I've seen my own confidence in all areas of my life just just shoot up ever since starting an online business. I find myself a much more confident person. And when I meet new people, both on and offline, I find myself just more willing to just share my ideas and thoughts and not waiting around passively until someone asks me for my opinion. And yeah, I mean, Chris, what about you? Like, can you relate to that? Well, I can. I mean, I, I was always pretty confident, but I was, I was on, I was in the wrong direction. So like if you think about it as a train and you have the tracks laid down and um, so I, I was on a path and I had a vision and I, I thought about that vision a lot and spent a lot of time thinking about it. But turned out I was headed to the wrong station. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great analogy. So I've sort of turned that around now. And and what it's done for me is it's just it's fundamentally shifted my outlook on life, on the role I can play, on the the way I can support my family. On so for me now, my where I'm at, I'm I'm three or four years in, and you know, this is my my full time business. I have a couple couple brands with a couple of business divisions underneath them. And it's really about, okay, I spent a couple of years trying to build a business based on what I know and, and who I am and um, sort of like, you know, building the, building the business that my life can sustain. But now I'm, I've flipped it and it's, okay, well, what kind of life do I want? What things do I want in my life? How can I, I build a business that's aligned and, and actually enables that both financially and time-wise? And so for me, it's opened up this this world of possibility that I I, I don't think is um, immediately apparent to others in the, the world. And you, I've, I've connected and, and don't let me, I'm not putting these words in your mouth, but I've connected to two statements that I've, I've seen here. 
from others. And you mentioned, so you mentioned the first half of this quite a bit, who am I to? And dot, dot, dot. So you, 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 I think you said it back at the first, who am I to put content online? Who am I to take paid? You've said back, who am I to do free clients? I think we heard you say that. Who am I to take money for clients? Who am I to, so who am I, who am I, who am I? And then the parallel to add on to that is another word that I, I highlight here, which is successful. I think at the end of the day, the question that comes up at, is along everyone's journey is eventually, holy crap, and I'll keep the, the Apple rating, um, who am I to be successful? And when you break through that ceiling of this is the vehicle that, and and success comes in many different forms, but who am I to you know dream big and, and be able to achieve that? And then your online business become that vehicle that shatters that. Um, but you need to do the emotional work as well to be able to say, well, I, I can be successful and it's, you know, now it's possible to be successful. Now it's inevitable to be successful. But my mind shift has changed that way. And then I'm, the way it's changed for me personally is I'm just a different person. <laughs> like I, 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 I was not a person that uh, communicated effectively in, in terms of interpersonal relationships. Uh, I was a very much a numbers guy, a details guy, um, vision setting, put me alone in a room with a bunch of whiteboards. And, uh, and I'll figure things out. And, and I still do that. I still have that, you know, arsenal in my, that toolkit in my arsenal. But what I've been able to do personally is to be able to open up and, you know, if you ask me or my wife or my family five years ago, whether or not I'd be running two podcasts and, and doing videos on LinkedIn and, and Facebook lives and stuff. I mean, they would have looked at you like head 17 heads because it wasn't me, but today it is. And it's a better version of me. And I think that's what I'm hearing from your story as well is that, confidence being unlocked um, for you is is very similar to me unlocking all these new views on life that that I have and also unlocking my ability to to sculpt who I want to be. So I don't want to be a person that can't talk to people and can only do numbers and whiteboards. <laughs> I want to be a person who can tell stories and tell jokes and, and you know have these conversations with people. So that's a little bit of I guess what's unlocked in my life. Does that does that resonate with you at all? Oh, 100%. And actually, I think one of the first questions that, or one of the first questions I think anyone who is wanting to start an online business should think about when they are starting is, who do I need to become so that my business is successful? Or who do oh, who is that next level version of me that I want to become? And what do I need to start doing today? Or what are the mindset shifts that I need to have? Or what are the perspective shifts that I need to make today so that I can become that version of myself that I want to be. And that's a question that I would really like to pose to your audience is whatever goal that you might have, whether it's in your research realm or whether it's start an online business, who do you need to become today to get to where I want to be? That's the one year in thing to me. That's the two year in. It might be the, the 12 year in thing if you if you don't put yourself out there. But those are the type of things that can be unlocked in your life if you're willing to start doing Instagram stories. <laughs> or if you're willing to start writing articles, like I mean, there's a there's a whole there's a whole path and timeline here, right? And it's multi-year. But the things that are available and and open to me now, because I decided to write an article every day back in two thousand and whatever year it was, <laughs> three or four years ago. Um, and I, I've done a lot of stuff since then, obviously, but um, it's just it's a totally different thing. So if you're at that cusp and you're you're worried about getting started, you know, just my my only advice to you is that it, it's going to not not you, but my advice to the listener is that it can really change your life. And if you're um, if you're nervous about getting started, you know, pick the min the smallest thing you can do and then take that step forward and, and keep working down that track because 
I, uh, I know it can change lives and, and I think you do too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I totally agree with that. And in the social media and the content creation platforms are all free right now. They are free and the platforms are not charging us to use it. So it's definitely an opportunity that anyone can capitalize on if they're willing to put themselves out there today. Yeah, I agree. So, and so in addition to that, I think there's a lot of work that can be done on, okay, I mentioned my train was in the wrong, wrong direction. Okay, well, you may need help getting you somebody in the right direction. You may need help. I think of it as, uh, I think, the, what's the name? The Johari window. So what's known to you and what's known to others. And a lot of, a lot of there's really two types of coaches. Coaches that, that the stuff's known to the person but not known to the coach. So that may be your typical life coach where you're pulling things out of people. And then there's the other kind of coach that's the people that are being coached don't know. It's not known to them, but it is known to the person who's doing the coaching. Uh, that's more like a you know a basketball coach or a, a sport coach, um, where you you say, well, here's the drills you need to do to get these skills. Here's the strategy you need to to be able to defeat this defense. Um, and those are more things that I provide through Grabbler coaching, and, and sounds like more things you maybe provide through your personal branding coaching. Um, Although you may, I'm not sure, maybe you do some, some of the pulling out of people as well. <laughs> and then there's, you know, the, the last, the last quadrant of your hiring window is, is it's not known to either of us. Um, and, and I don't think that's the realm of coaching, but maybe there's some coaching that's done there from a, uh, hip, hypnotist or something. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. But so, I mean, we've sort of went through this journey. Uh, we talked about how you, uh, finish your graduate degree, how you end up starting law school in Hong Kong, how it didn't fit with what you wanted in your life, the type of job, type of career path didn't fit. Once you left there, then you eventually moved into a research position. You started an online business. Uh, you were able to pick up clients, new clients every month for several months after doing some key things on content creation and, and doing work for free um, and building out your online business there. In part two of this episode, we're going to talk about further about you know aligning where your life is headed today and lining your online business and lining your, your research expertise with where you want to go and, you know, some of the stories that happen there, but maybe just as, as leaving off, can you give the listeners a glimpse into what we're going to talk about and maybe what happened next in your journey? And we'll talk about the next episode. Sure. So I ran this online branding slash marketing social media based business for a while in 2019. But then as the year was winding down, I started to think about, okay, so the business is going well. I enjoy my nine to five job, but what's next? What do I really want to do in the long term? And that's when I thought about, okay, do I want to pursue my PhD? Is this really what I want? Because I have been thinking about it ever since I started my nine to five job as a research assistant. And the more I, as the year progressed, I found that my interest in this field of research, which is social work, was increasing day by day. And I really enjoyed my job. And that's why my curiosity towards is PhD right for me? It, that just grew and grew. And at the same time, I thought, well, do I want to do the business full time? And I got the feeling that the answer was no. And so that's when I thought, okay, so something is something needs to be clarified here. And so I eventually at the mid or the latter half of 2019, I actually took a hiatus from the online business to really self-reflect on what's next for me and how can I have a business that supports my career goals and what are my career goals? So that's a little bit of a sneak peek of what's coming up in the next episode. Awesome. Well, well I think we'll leave this one off there. There's been a ton of um, useful information for people getting started and actually growing their business here. 
and again, align, along this topic of aligning what you want in your life with your research direction, with your business. And we're going to get that even more in the next episode. So Cheryl, I just want to say thank you for coming on the podcast. Um, and I'm looking forward to next week uh, talking to you about uh, the rest of your journey as well. Thanks so much for having me, Chris. So you've been listening to myself, Dr. Chris Cloney and Cheryl Lau from Cheryl Lau, C-H-E-R-Y-L-L-A-U.com. Also Cheryl Theory on Twitter and Cheryl Theory on Instagram. And we've been talking through this concept of aligning your research, aligning your business, and aligning that with what you want in your life. And we've really been sharing her story. So as I mentioned, Cheryl reached out um, after being a podcast listener for you know a, a, a good amount of time with a, a question about fear of sharing your work back in episode 42. Um, we covered that in detail in that podcast episode. But then I get to, to talking with Cheryl behind the scenes and you know, what did her journey look like? And I remember, I realized that there's so many elements of it that it was really important to get this journey out to the broader um, grab blogger community and through this podcast. So that was really the goal of, of this episode, next episode. So in this episode specifically, we talked about how she got started, both through her academic career, then a, a, a you know, a side trip into law school in Hong Kong and deciding that wasn't right for her and some of the struggles with, you know, self-perception and self-doubt and also, you know, external things like family and peer and all that sort of stuff that comes in from the sidelines as well. And we talked about her journey of, of getting started online, creating content, finding an audience, um, really becoming seen as a thought leader, and then how she went and transitioned and turned that into being able to build a, an online business um, where she's she's coaching with clients. Um, we talked about content creation. We talked about a, a bunch of different tips there, and we'll probably pull those over a, a tip sheet for this episode for different ways you can get started on this content creation journey and placing yourself as a thought leader. Um, and then we really started going into this transition period. Okay, we have a you know a career on one side and, and research direction and thoughts where we want to, we like this area, maybe we want to do a PhD in it. Um, we have this successfully running online business. You know, what's next in, in, in our life? And I know, I know the, the some of the ending or at least where, where we're at today because we've been talking. Well, that's what we're going to be talking about this next episode of the podcast. So definitely tune in next week and we'll, We'll bring Cheryl back on and talk through that journey about, uh, again, lining your research, your business, and your life. So I want to say thank you, as always, for listening to the Grab Blogger podcast. Um, you can get the show notes and a transcript of this episode at grabblogger.com slash 53. And also grab that cheat sheet for tips for content creation. I think we have seven or eight of them that we'll pull out here. And again, you can find Cheryl at Cheryl, C-H-E-R-Y-L-L-A-U, CherylLau.com. And have a great week ahead. And I'm looking forward to catching you next week on the Grab Blogger podcast. Thank you.